On today's Locked On Giants podcast, draft, free agency, or both for the Giants at wide receiver, and how might a new addition change the complexion of that position? That plus what exactly is a transition tag and why are we talking about it? It's all coming your way next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Train. I'm P. Train, credentialed member of the New York Giants media for Locked on and, of course, for Giants country over at Fan Nation. And I want to send a special welcome to my Blue Crew community members, my newcomers, my everydayers, and everybody in between. You're all appreciated and loved by yours truly. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, we're continuing our look at the various Giants position groups. And today we're going to talk about the receivers. We're going to kind of tell you how we got to the point where we're at right now and what the expectation is moving forward. And then a little later on in the program, and I really wasn't planning on doing this, but because the news kind of came out from the New York Post that the Giants are uh, likely to use the transition tag, which is a seldom used vehicle in free agency, I'm going to tell you what that is and what that means and numbers and all that good stuff, because I'm sure a lot of you have questions about it. Matter of fact, I know a lot of you do, because I've seen some of the questions pop up on my timeline, as well as in my inbox. So that is today's agenda. Again, welcome on in to the Lockdown Giants podcast. Let's get started. And we're going to kick things off with our continued look at the various position groups. And if the Giants go draft, free agency, and what makes sense. All right, so let's start off with the wide receivers. And let's talk about how you know where the where this group currently stands. Now, the New York Giants have not had a legitimate number one receiver. And a number one receiver, by the way, is usually an outside guy. He can play in the slot and he can play, you know, off the line and whatnot, but he's usually an outside guy. And he's the type of receiver who basically opens things up for other guys, um, other receiving threats on the field. So that's typically a guy you're going to see double teamed or get a lot of attention, you know, maybe get uh, face press coverage and whatnot. The Giants have not had one of those since Odell Beckham Jr. And I believe um, 2018, I think, was his last year. All right. And incidentally, Odell was their last thousand yard receiver. Odell had 1,052 yards in that final season with the Giants. So. The Giants right now, you look at their receiver group, the guys that they have under contract. They've got Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, and Jalen Hyatt. Those are the the top three, if you will. They're going to add to that group. I am fairly certain they're going to add to that group. They need a legitimate number one receiver, a guy that can draw double coverage, a guy that can open things up for those other guys, maybe even you know as a decoy for the running game to help that out. They need that. And I've said this before that, you know, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You get him a a 
bonafide number one receiver, that's going to help make his life a lot easier. Now, last year, the Giants didn't get a number one receiver. I think it's because Joe Shane didn't care for the market and the draft class and plus where the Giants were drafting, I don't think it appealed to him. That's my take on that. So the Giants instead went out and got Darren Waller, traded for him with the Las Vegas Raiders. Darren Waller is technically a tight end, but people have made the case that he's technically a um, like a big receiver in a tight end's body. So Waller, by default, was kind of the pseudo number one receiver. The problem is, is it didn't work out. And we know about the injuries, obviously. But Waller just, for whatever the reason, just didn't draw, at least in the regular season, didn't draw the attention that you thought he was going to. Right, Like what you saw in practice, how he was basically unguardable and you got your hopes up and you thought, wow, they really got something here. They didn't really have that once they got to the season. And again, part of that was due to injury. You know, Waller got hurt, you know, that hamstring acted up again. Um, You know, it it looks like that's going to be a chronic problem with him. So the Giants have got to address that number one receiver spot. And for what it's worth, I looked up, looked up his snaps on pro football focus. Waller played 164 snaps in the slot, 85 out wide and 103 in line. So he was pretty much lining up mostly as either a slot receiver or an inline receiver. You know, so again, they didn't really get the results that, that they were hoping for. Injuries was a problem. Obviously, you know, the offensive line protection, the the injuries at quarterback, all of that factored in. But look, moving forward, you get a number one receiver, a guy who can get open, a guy who can split double coverage, you're going to make things so much easier for whoever your quarterback is. And that's what the Giants basically need to do, right? Again, they have not had one since Odell Beckham Jr. And Beckham initially, you know, because of his smallest size, you thought, oh, well, he's going to be better off in the slot. But no, they were able to move him around like a chess piece. And that's ideally what you want to do with your number one receiver. You want to be able to move him around and get mismatches. You know, you think about Dallas, for example, C.D. Lamb is is certainly, you know, you can make a case for him being a number one receiver, but he's primarily a slot guy. So, you know, you just need somebody who's going to be able to stretch the field, who's going to be able to draw the double coverage, split the double coverage if he receives it and open up things underneath. And the Giants just did not have that with the three guys that they, you know, that I mentioned before. And, you know, obviously Isaiah Hodgins was part of that group. Uh, Paris Campbell was part of that group for a little while, but the three main guys, at least going forward are going to be Slayton Robinson and Hyatt. Those are the three main guys. So you add to that group and that, that trio, by the way, is not a bad trio, but you add to that group and now they go from being, you know, average run of the mill, they take it up a notch. So that's a big reason why I think receiver is very high up on the Giants to do list. I have made the case and the argument that I could see the Giants taking a receiver in the first round in the draft. Right now, a lot of you are like, no, no, it's got to be quarterback or it's got to be an offensive lineman, or some of you have even said, well, it's got to be an edge rusher. Folks, as I see it, 
if there is no, you know, top three quarterback falling to the Giants at six and they decide, they decide not to trade up. And right now, I don't know for sure if they're planning to or if they're not. I think free agency is going to tell us a lot. It's going to give us a lot of clues. But I would not reach for a quarterback at six if the top prospects are gone. In that case, you figure, you know, if there's three quarterbacks, um, Daniels, Williams, and May, if they're gone within the first three picks or somewhere in those first five picks, because remember the Giants are picking six, you're almost certain that one of the big three wide receivers of um, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunsey, Adunsey, excuse me, you're almost assured that one of those guys are, are going to fall to you. And I just think if you're the Giants, you grab one of them if you can. So now coming up, let's say the Giants do get a number one receiver. What does that mean for their current group moving forward? Have an idea. We'll talk about it right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased about your life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Chena. And coming up on tomorrow's Locked On Giants podcast, OCU Manura joins me on the show. We're going to talk about the Giants. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the in, the NFL's International Pathway Program. So I'm really excited to have OC on the program. Um, I think we're going to talk for about a half hour or so. Great guy. I absolutely love OC. I've covered him, you know, when he first came to the Giants, uh, struck up a friendship with him, obviously. I still keep in touch with him um, to this day. And I am so excited to have him on. And I hope you'll check that show out. And, of course, you know, we'll then – for next week, we will resume our position look at, at the uh, the Giants' various position groups that we haven't covered yet. Also, next week, we've got the Combine. So there is so much coming up. I mean, off-season, what off-season, right? There's never an off-season, it seems like, for us here at the NFL channels here on Locked On. And that's all good because I like reaching out and, and just, you know, bringing you guys different content. And sometimes you guys suggest some great topics for shows. And I'm happy to bring them to you, you know, and answer your questions and whatnot. So uh, that's a look at what's coming up. Let's get back to our topic, though, for today, which is wide receiver and what the Giants should do. Now, I talked about what they should do and what I think they're going to do in the last segment. But let's talk about the ramifications if they do indeed go and get a number one receiver. Now, before I go any further, a lot of you might be wondering, why didn't I suggest trading for a wide receiver or signing a wide receiver who might hit free agency? Cost, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I think 
not that there's there won't be good receivers out there. You know, th- there's been talk that Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers might be traded. All right. I don't know if I'm giving up trade assets for a receiver. If the Giants are going to give up trade assets, I think it would make more sense to do that for a number one quarterback. So, uh, and, and that in, in the draft. So I'm not so sure the Giants will, will trade away assets, but you never know. I mean, Joe Shane is always full of surprises. As far as signing a receiver, I don't know that I would allocate free agent money to a receiver. I would go the you know the cheaper route, which is getting a draft pick, put them on a rookie contract, use the free agent money to boost the offensive line, which desperately needs at least one other starter, maybe even two starters. Um, I would use the free agent money to, or the uh, financial resources to boost um, the edge rusher position. Um, and I would also maybe look to get in a veteran cornerback as well as, you know, they're going to have to get a veteran quarterback to back up uh, Daniel Jones. So I don't think, you know, in, in terms of spending the free agent money, the Giants would go crazy and, you know, spend a lot of money on a on a number one receiver in free agency. I, I really believe the draft is the way they're going to go for that position. So anyway, let's say they do draft somebody and you can pick whoever you want. I'm not going to, you know, give a name in particular. There's, me, I, I don't think they could go wrong with any of the top three that I mentioned in the previous segment. But what does that mean then for the current top three that they have, which again is Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt. You figure you bring in a, a, a number one receiver. Now you've got four guys that bumps guys down the line. So does that number one receiver maybe bump Darius Slayton down the line? You know, does it does he bump uh, Jalen Hyatt down the line or Wandale Robinson? Well, Rondale Robinson is is kind of like a, a his own zip code, if you will, because of the things they ask him to do in this offense. But I've often thought about this, and you know. I'm not saying this is what they should do or will do. It's just something I wondered. And that is if they bring in a number one receiver, does Darius Slayton maybe become expendable? Now, to be clear, I don't want to see Darius Slayton traded. I've seen far too many people write and say, oh, the Giants should cut Slayton to save money or they should you know, get rid of him. I have no problem with Darius Slayton being on this roster. I think he's a very good receiver to have. He's not a number one, but he's he's really, you know, improved and cleaned up his game. His confidence has come back, and he's certainly serviceable. But hear me out on this. If you're bumping guys down, and I don't think Darius Slayton plays special teams. I don't think Wandell plays special teams, and I don't believe – uh, and I could be wrong. I'd have to go check this, but I don't think Hyatt played special teams all that much last year either. So you're going to have all these receivers on your roster and they don't play special teams. When you start getting down to that fourth and fifth receiver and sixth receiver on the depth chart, you want a guy who's going to play specials. So here's what I'm wondering when it comes to, to Darius Slate. If the Giants go and draft the number one receiver, do they maybe look to move Slayton at some point? Doesn't have to be, you know, 
the off season. It could be even by the trade deadline. Slayton has a 7.95 million cap hit with a 2.5 million base salary. Now, when I did my roster slash salary cap checkup for Giants Country, one of the things I suggested was reduce Slayton's contract, extend him another year or so, convert some of that 2.5 million into a signing bonus, and prorate it. You know, make the the second year a dummy year, and then you move on from him after you know after this year. Really, in retrospect, you know, to take 2.5 million and convert some of that to uh, to a signing bonus, I'm not sure how much that's going to move the needle, but certainly something that they could take a look at if they are really hard pressed for salary cap space. Now, on yesterday's show, I think I mentioned that there is a report by Pro Football Talk that the salary cap could zip up as high as 250 million. All right, that. If that happens, the Giants probably won't have to go crazy with restructuring contracts, at least not initially, because they're going to gain, you know, about five million in space, which is certainly a lot they can work with. Um, and and again, you know, you 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 adjust contracts as you need to. You don't just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to open up eighty million in space, and you know, this way I have it for when I need it. No, you do it as you need to. So again, you you cut Mark Lewinsky, who I I do not think will be on this roster. And if you get that extra, you know, space because the cap did go up to two hundred fifty million, you have enough to work with initially in free agency. Now, spoiler alert: I'm going to talk about the transition tag coming up, and you know I'll explain that. But that's also going to be part of the the equation here. So the Giants, I guess what I'm getting at is you could look to extend Slayton by putting a dummy year or avoidable year onto his deal to lower his number. Is it going to move the needle that much? Probably not, but it's something, you know, especially if you want to keep the guy or, you know, make it so that if you do trade him, the team that acquires him isn't just getting a rental. So there are some thoughts, you know, there there are some factors that go into, you know, how they can approach this with Slayton. And I'm curious to see what they do. Again, I personally have no problem if he's on the roster next year. You know, I think they will find a use for him. But if they do add a number one receiver, as is expected, they will. Now, like I said, everybody kind of gets pushed down. You know, Slayton goes from being the number one guy to now maybe the number two or the number three, depending on, you know, how the coaching staff wants to lay out the pecking order. So you factor in the special teams equation and, you know, just to have four guys at that position, none of whom who really play special teams. I'm not sure that's really, you know, an ideal scenario, but we'll see how the coaches and and the GM feel about that. All right. Coming up next, what's the transition tag? Why are we talking about it? And what does that have to do with Xavier McKinney? Answers coming your way right after this. 
Hey, Giant fans, football season is officially in the books, but that doesn't mean the excitement of betting on sports is over. Because right now you can get buckets when you place your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back to LockedOn Giants. I'm Patricia Trena. And what about this transition tab? All right, for those of you who might have missed the news, the New York Post had a report out saying that the Giants might contemplate using the transition tag on safety Xavier McKinney. So, you know, this isn't a a vehicle that a lot of teams use very often because it's very different from the franchise tag. So let's take a little moment here for me to get you caught up on what it is, the advantages, the disadvantages, and why the Giants could indeed potentially use it on Xavier McKinney. All right, so to start, The transition tag, which is rarely used, is the average of the top 10 salaries at the player's position, whereas the franchise tag is the average of the top five salaries at the player's position. That's difference number one. Difference number two, the franchise tag brings compensation from the team that signs away the player that is tagged with the franchise versus the transition tag, which does not bring any compensation. So in other words, if McKinney were to get the franchise tag and another team were to sign him, that team would owe the Giants two first-round draft picks. If McKinney gets the transition tag and another team signs him and the Giants choose not to match, the Giants get squat. They may get a, a comp pick next year, you know, but... As far as getting, you know, two number one picks, they won't get that. All right. The other big difference is in the allocation of the money. I mentioned the uh, average of the salaries and whatnot. The franchise tag for a safety this year is estimated to be $16.224 million. For a transition tag, the estimate is $13.95 million. Right now, here's the thing. When you assign either the the franchise tag or the transition tag, that money automatically comes out of the salary cap allocation, the money that you have to sign guys. The difference here is if your transition player goes and, and, you know, gets an offer, signs an offer sheet with another team, And within five days, if the Giants decide they don't want to match it, that money gets rebated right back to them. And there's usually a better chance of, you know, a transition tag player getting a deal as opposed to a franchise tag player. Usually no team is going to want to give up two first round picks to, you know, for a a franchise player, no matter how good he is. Right. We saw that last year with, with, um, with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, right? So with a transition player, it's they could still operate like they're an unrestricted free agent. They can go out, they can 
talk to other teams. They can get offers. They can sign an offer sheet. But the Giants have the right within five days to match it. And if they don't, McKinney becomes, you know, a member of whatever team signs them to the offer sheet. So the deadline is July 24th. So basically, you know, similar to the franchise tag, you know, they have teams have until July 24th to either get a long-term deal done or sign these guys. All right. But the money, like I said, if, if McKinney thinks that the market's going to be good for him, chances are the giants will get that money back a lot quicker. Now there's pros and cons to this transition tag. One of the things I don't like about it is that you're letting the market do your negotiating for you. I am not a big fan of that. All right. But I could see a, a, a logical reason for doing that. And that is players often think that they are worth more than what they really are. So you figure, okay, go out into the market. If you think you're worth 20 million a year, go see if you can get that. And if you can, God bless and good luck. If you can't, come back and we'll talk realistic numbers. So that's kind of an advantage. All right. Now, the other thing to keep in mind about the transition tag, teams can only use one tag per player per year. That means if the Giants put the transition tag on McKinney, they cannot use the franchise tag on, say, Saquon Barkley if they wanted to. All right. So it's either the transition tag or the franchise tag on one player. All right, so now where does this leave things as they stand right now? Joe Shane and the Giants, as well as the rest of the NFL and the agent community, are headed to the combine next week. There's going to be discussions with agents about pending free agents. All right, Shane has already said he's going to meet with Saquon's representatives. He's going to meet with McKinney's representative. And they're going to see if they can't hammer out a deal. If they can't hammer something out by the time the combine ends, then you can probably expect to see some kind of tag action. All right. It won't happen before the end of the combine. I just don't see that being the case. I'd be surprised, actually. So, you know, now I mentioned yesterday, you know, with the franchise tag, if they get close to, you know, a deal, but they don't quite wrap it up, they can use it to hold, you know, as a placeholder until they finish things up. Same thing, you know, with McKinney. If they decide, okay, look, we made progress, but we're not quite there yet, then maybe they they tag him to keep other teams away from luring him away. I don't think it'll come to that. I think it's just a matter of let him test the market. If he thinks he's worth all this money, if he thinks he's, you know, the best safety out there about to hit the market, let him do it. And if he gets it, great. If he doesn't, then, you know, then they'll talk turkey. So that's really the, you know, the differences of the transition tag, why we're talking about it. Does it make sense for McKinney? I think it does. Because sometimes, you know, the market has a way of humbling guys. Because I have yet to meet an athlete who thinks he's, you know, who thinks he's, you know, worth a lot more than his team does. So it's an interesting scenario, an interesting twist. It's not done a lot. And oh, by the way, the Giants can rescind that tag anytime they want. So let's say they they do put the transition tag on McKinney and 
now all of a sudden, you know, a player comes along and they need that player. They could always rescind the tag if they, if they want to, at which point McKinney would become completely UFA with absolutely no restrictions. He could sign a deal with somebody and that doesn't have to go back to the giants and say, okay, you've got five days to match it. So those are some of the differences. And it's an interesting tactic. Like I said, uh, Boy, free agency can be so much fun. That's why I kind of like look forward to that before we get into the draft. And actually with the combine coming up, even though it's about scouting these prospects, free agency is going to take center stage before we know it. So we, of course, will have everything you need to know about free agency, as well as, you know, the latest updates and whatnot here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Hope you will keep it here as we continue to bring you five shows Every week, Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Again, don't forget, tomorrow, OCU Manura is my special guest. Hope you will tune in for that. Until then, have a great one, Giant fans, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day.